0: Welcome to Minnesota YUP, the Youth Ultimate Podcast updates, scores, and more for some of the best youth ultimate in the nation.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the YUP Podcast, Youth Ultimate Podcast. We have now finished the state tournament. I yes. am one of your hosts, Alicia Carr, and this is...
0: Chris <laughs> Miller. We are back at the end of the first season of doing this together to go over the state tournament where all but two games have been played.
1: We have are waiting on Wednesday's matchup for the girls and boys Division One champions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, our plans for this podcast is to lay out what happened and with all the rest.
0: Yeah. Some reactions, some excitement. I think that at least on the open side, the finals under one ended up going to where we expected, but there was a lot of excitement getting there and looking through the other divisions. There's been some really fun, really fun things. And also for most of you uh, listening to this right now, Alicia and I haven't really looked at any of this in depth yet. So you're going to get the live reactions as we go through them and then maybe or maybe didn't edit them before putting them out onto the air. So I think, I think that's what we'll do. Why don't we, Alicia, if it worked for you, why don't we start D3? We'll go D3, girls D2, open D2, girls D1, open D1. And then we'll, we'll wrap it up with a preview on the finals. And, uh, and then we'll get out there. Does that work on your end?
1: All right, let's do
0: it. All right. So kicking off our recap of the state tournament, let's take a look at the open D3 bracket and uh, schedule. This was, um, you know, the top four pools here, Alicia, where we had Stillwater as the one, Red Wing as the two, Lakeville South as the three. And I believe Cathedral is the four overall. And looking through pool play, not too much is really jumping out. I mean, I think things mostly went kind of chalky. The one thing that jumps out there is that at least in pool D, which I think I call the pool of death um, for Division three, Lakeville North did end up winning over Cathedral. I'm um, giving them uh, a premium slot in the in the bracket. Uh, anything jumping out at you here, Alicia? Uh, anything that you know may, notice that maybe I'm not as we kind of warm up?
1: Nope. I think you covered it.
0: All right. Well, then let's look at the bracket. So, Stillwater, Egyna JV3, Lakeville North, St. Paul JV, Red Wing and Cooper. And side note, uh, Alicia, I didn't even tell you this yet. I did see the Cooper team walking around. Got a great field recording from them to send in so we can play it between breaks, but the jerseys are even better up close than they look like at a distance. (laughs) They look really, really, really good. Shout out to the Cooper team who hopefully they're listening to this. They did not know that yup was a thing. Uh, And so they're like, are you on Spotify? I was like, yeah, we're on Spotify. Definitely. And they're looking it up on their phone. I'm helping them check it out. So shout out to the Cooper Nessies. Glad you're out there having a blast and glad to see you in the bracket here. Uh, and then Lakeville South, um, the the one seat. Oh, wait,
1: oh, hold on. And I'm glad you're listening because Chris has been talking about your jerseys all year long.
0: <laughs> I have. It's true. You it's have. True. Yeah, they're great. What can I say? They sound. They look amazing. If there's a, a men's triple XL out there, just let me know. I'm ready for it. We'll pay for shipping. No problem. And then Lakeville South and Cathedral, um, Cathedral getting that upset or getting upset by Lakeville North, dropping them to the two seed and coming in with a tough a very tough based on this score um, matchup here. So, so Stillwater, I think wins easily over Regina JV three, 10, four to advance. So that's the one seed making it to semis Lakeville North, the one seed out of pool B after upsetting cathedral advancing easily. 10, three over St. Paul central red wing with uh, and Cooper, the closest game out of the quarterfinal bracket here, red wing pulling it out 11, six and red wing, of course the two seed overall. And then South, over Cathedral. Now, I don't know the situation there overall, but I know that I mentioned before about one third of all the teams in the Open Division had graduation. We might be seeing that with Cathedral as well. Uh, We may not, but based on some of Cathedral's scores later on, it would suggest that maybe they just had some, some issues with folks getting out there or whatever the case may be. Either way, that brings us to Stillwater and Lakeville North. Red Wing and Lakeville South. So that's the one, the five, the two, and the three seed overall. Pretty chalky, pretty exciting. And then these ones get a little bit tight. Alicia, walk us through it, would you?
1: Stillwater takes the game over Lakeville North on Universe nine to eight. Time to delayed
0: game. Or time, time- delayed? No, t- no. Sorry, not time delayed. Uh, what's the uh, what's the word? Time capped? Time capped? Right? Nobody plays to nine points.
1: No. Has to be has to be time capped.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking yeah, yeah.
1: at all the scores overall, it doesn't. It looks like everybody got time capped, right? Because yeah, our games right. were to
0: two games were to fifteen on day two. Mm-hmm.
1: So when I wasn't out there.
0: Was it pretty windy on Sunday? Did it start to pick up?
1: It picked up. The wind certainly picked up on Sunday from Saturday. Okay, but in all the years that I've been out coaching state. I feel like this was the least windy year that I can recall.
0: That was my experience as well from Saturday. Anyways, it felt relatively calm. So, okay. Uh,
1: on the other side, the semis, we mm-hmm. have red wing over like South 11 yep. to six. So our final setup, still water versus red Wing,
0: And this one, the one versus the two seed coming in just the way seating predicted it. Um, we don't know the final score, but we do have that classic WL in favor of Red Wing. Uh, Red Wing, Stillwater, if you're listening to this, boy, would we love to get that score in there. Um, I did send an email out, so we're definitely checking in with you. Congratulations to Red Wing, the D3 Open Division champs. Uh, and I believe um, this is their first Open Division title in the in Division Three. Let me just double check here. I am completely wrong. They won it in 2021 as well. 15-10 over each time GV3. So, the second Division Three title for Red Wing. They did also um, previously make an appearance uh, in the semifinals last year in the semis uh, of Division Two. So, no stranger to bracket play at state. Bouncing back and forth between D3 and D2 and uh, another trophy for the case out in Red Wing. Congratulations. Looks like a great tournament there. I, unfortunately, was not able to go watch any of that because they were taking place at the same time as the Open D1 games, um, but was uh, excited to see that we had so many close scores. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be mad that a South Suburban team is putting up the numbers late, getting that title, bringing that hardware home. So congrats to the Red Wing ATC. All right, well, we should we move to um, Girls Division 2 then? Alicia, do you want to take us through it?
1: All right, looking at Girls Division 2. Essentially had everybody set up here as a round Robin with the seven teams that were involved in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks like St. Louis park and Eagle Ridge had a easier stroll to what we'll call the finals Mm -hmm. of this division.
0: And St. Louis park was the one seed Eagle Ridge was the two. Yes. So I think they had the last, the last game on Sunday, the last game of the tournament. That's because it was a round robin, I think, right?
1: Round robin. So that they did have that last game on Sunday, 5 o'clock, St. Louis Park versus Eagle Ridge. St. Louis Park takes that game 10-3. to 3. The other games, other teams matching up had some closer scores. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of these teams, they spent a lot of the day Saturday, Sunday on the turf in the heat. I hope everybody's feet feel good after the weekend and hope everybody had some fun.
0: You know, I don't think it was in division two, but I saw, I think on Instagram, Hopkins players had brought an ice bucket and were dunking their feet full on into the ice bucket while playing on the turf, which my concern is always the wet socks, but I bet that felt amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to do that. I played I played a tournament in Oregon on turf once, mm-hmm. the turf temperature 167 degrees that is the second you get off the field you have to jump into a bucket of water or
0: something otherwise you're just you're burning it's like 80 degrees hotter than it needs to be that's unbelievable 167 degrees is there a turf promoter how did you notice that
1: yeah i I mean they had it on the complex there was a whole thing
0: (laughs) that is brutal and yeah so i i can i have to imagine that that was not fun and kudos to the division for playing it out um, it looks like you know one other close game there. Blake did get four or five with Eagle Ridge. That was the last game before the I think ostensible final with um, Eagle Ridge in St. Louis Park. But shout out to Blake who um, had a tight one with with Creighton, but otherwise just lost to St. Louis Park, who were the eventual champions, and Eagle Ridge the runner up. So all right, um, so champions for girls division two, St. Louis Park. And I believe um, that would be their first Division II title as well. We'll do the scroll through the Hall of Fame there. Remember, the Hall of Fame is available for anybody who wants to go through and look at previous champions, of course. Um, And you know what? Uh, Guys, we're doing this live uh, or in the sense that we're not editing this, but you get to hear me again be wrong. Because not only was this not (laughs) of Sparks' first T2 title, it's their third in a row. Uh, that's entirely I my fault.
1: You know, I wasn't gonna interrupt you, but I was like, they've been there a few times. Nope. I feel like I talked about that on one of the first episodes of the podcast. Yeah. How they were did. some of their you first did. games were um they're putting up some more points than they usually do, doing a little bit mm-hmm. um more competitive games than they usually have.
0: But mm-hmm.
1: oh, congrats, crush. Number three.
0: Number three in a row, the three beaten D2, uh, and awesome. Awesome. And yeah, Alicia, interrupt me because clearly I was wrong there. No need to, <laughs> no need to waste the airtime. I was off base. Congratulations, crush on your on your D2 title in 2023. Add it to the trophy case for sure. All right. Well, we'll just keep cruising here. Uh, we'll go ahead and move over to Open D2, take a look at live results, and let's see what I'm going to misquote and then learn uh, I was incorrect on. Next. We are uh, back taking a look at Open Division 2. I did actually get a chance to sit and watch a lot of Open Division 2 um, after, a, a, of course, a stint at Bricks to celebrate the end of our play with the, the coaching staff from Apple Valley. Um, but posted up right between um, pools C and D and got a chance to see the Washburn-Eden Prairie game, Eden Prairie-Maple Grove, and on the other fields we had. um great river and Blake and Benilde and Irondale and actually, you know what it was the B and C pools. Um, now that I'm fully sure I'm looking at these teams, um, over on the fields, one, two, three, and four, but it was a really fun Saturday and I can't imagine a much better way to spend it, uh, than just sitting in the shade, turning my head to the right to see Eden Prairie and Maple Grove, turning my head to the left to see great river and Blake, uh, and just really take it in. What a fun division. So, um, some of the, some of the games that jumped out at me here, especially early on, you know, at St. Paul Academy, who you may recall was the bubble team coming up from division three, coming right out of the gates Saturday at two o'clock and playing tight with Woodbury losing 11, 12. And then you see SBA go on a tear. They take it over Avalon 15, 13. They lose tight to Eagle Ridge, 12 to 15 Eagle Ridge wins out other than with Woodbury. And I believe that from a tiebreaker standpoint, that meant that we had um, Eagle Ridge advancing over SPA. So a tough break for SPA, but a really nice showing from them. And then, yep, that brought in uh, Woodbury and Eagle Ridge into the bracket there. On the other side, um, another game that I really enjoyed watching, not just for the Great River Coaching Staff's Hawaiian shirts, um, a little bit of that um, Carlton Chop energy coming out to high school, but also um, a really just great sense of energy and momentum from Great River. Um the Blake game 13-8 in favor of Great River. That was, I believe, the game for the pool, um, which would made for an exciting one in Great River, of course, on their quest for a three-peat in Division two Um, and and that pool ended uh, with Great River on top and then Blake taking the two seed. We also had in the A pool um excuse me in the b pool c pool d pool i'm scrolling down we're doing this live um prior lake performed pretty well on saturday 14 10 over east ridge a tighter one with roseville and again roseville i believe the four seed in that pool coming out and performing and not just performing but making their way all the way into the bracket um and finding themselves in quarterfinals on sunday alicia i know that you didn't have a ton of time to um to come over and check out D2. Do anything
1: than chase my team around and yell?
0: To do anything other than chase your team around and yell. Technical <laughs> terms, all of them. Um, but I, I do think that this might be, might have been the most exciting division. No offense to to, to D1 in either case. And that, those were exciting as well. It had some great upsets. But just look at the quarterfinals here. I mean, 14-11, Washburn over Roseville. Great River edging it out over Eagle Ridge 14 13. Maple Grove losing a tight 10 11 to Dyna JV2. I mean, the the least close game was 12 8 Blake over Woodbury. And I know that that was still close because Woodbury loves their zone. Um, and Wait, it's just Washburn. A tight...
1: Washburn over Blake in the semifinals.
0: No, 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 I'm looking at quarterfinals. I'm looking at quarterfinals. Oh, okay. spoilers.
1: Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh
0: sorry that's all right no spoilers for sure uh but yeah i mean that gave us blake and washburn great river and edina jv2 and at this point great river's still on track with that three-peat you've got washburn coming in hot from the other side um washburn does take it over blake 15-4 great river 10-9 over edina jv2 and that gives us the matchup that in many ways we were all um maybe expecting to see at least with Gray River, maybe not necessarily with Washburn, as I know that they came out of, you know, Pool C, they were the two seed, and then kind of fought their way back through. But it ends with the 3 Pete denied, Washburn taking the Division two title for, um, I believe, the first time in their history. Now, the last few times I've said that, I've immediately yeah. been wrong, and we're going to find out live on the air right now, all the encyclopedic knowledge that I purport to have. Did they win it before? They have not. Okay. Correct. The first D2 title you for Minneapolis it. Washburn. Yeah. Big sigh of <laughs> relief. <Whew>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't believe Washburn has even, um, been in the bracket on the division two side previously. Let me take a look through here. They have not, um, or at least, excuse me, not at least in the semifinals um, for division two. So congratulations to Minneapolis Washburn, bringing it home for um, bringing it home from the trophy case, the division two state champion. Um, and condolences, of course to Gray River, who I know were right on the cusp of that three pete um, and just were not able to bring it home but um, hopefully it was a seen as a very successful season nonetheless and I will say on Saturday you all look like you were having an absolute blast throwing some plastic around together and that's really what it's all about. So um, let's see. I think that does it here. Um, let's kick it up to D1 and we'll head over to the girls Division one division and just continue our lightning round recap. Uh, as we dive into it
1: all right taking a deep dive into Division one for the girls championship bracket we have an opportunity here to have a new champion we haven't had in the last handful of years we've got some upsets and let's take a look
0: all right i cannot wait to dive into this one even just looking over it briefly i think there's a lot of fun things to pull out
1: all right, dissecting pools just a little bit. We have Pool A. We had Wiper Lake Cathedral and Great River in that order. Wiper Lake handling each their game as the first seed should, but it is certainly go Bears. It's certainly worth noting. Great River takes the upset over Cathedral nine to seven in their game on Saturday. Moving on to Pool B. We have e, Edina, Egan, and Open World in that order. The one and two seed, Edina versus Egan game, Not uh, Edina takes the win 9-4, to four, and Edina over Open World as well. No upsets in this pool.
0: You know, no upsets, but we didn't get a chance to see the Egan Open World matchup in the conference finals because of the aforementioned scheduling conflict. So I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe it's not fair to call it the 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 true conference final because i don't think that's fair to red wing who are the actual conference champs but certainly we got a chance to see what that matchup looked like and at least it stayed here you know egan 13-5 over open world at least gives some clarity to how that game could have played out um and kind of a postseason context so not necessarily an upset per se um, but still notable i guess from where i'm sitting
1: yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't ask you. Do you have any thoughts on Pool A before we move on to Pool C?
0: No, you. Um, to steal your line, you nailed it. You covered everything I was thinking. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So no, let's let's kick it to Pool C. <laughs> okay.
1: Pool C. We have the Squall, Hopkins, and Benilde in that order. Minneapolis Squalls, uh, handedly taking their pool as well. Certainly, justifying their first seed in Pool C mm-hmm. looks like. I guess notable things to uh, throw out here is Benilde Saint Margaret did not score against South on Saturday morning, but like so many of us teams who have conflicts with graduation, Benil did have a Friday night graduation and then a all night party. I know that their seniors did not arrive until later that day. That but I tough. actually, I, yeah, that's tough, right? And anytime you have to go at a game without your team members that you're used to, it's certainly an adjustment. Uh, so, well, good job, underclassmen. Way to, way to keep your team moving in the state finals. I hope you all had fun with that. Yeah, we call
0: them in Apple Valley when that happens. We call the futures games. Hey, welcome to the futures game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yep. I I got to experience one of those uh, firsthand as well with the Egan girls on Saturday late afternoon. And perhaps we'll talk about that one a little later. But yeah, um, you have anything for pool C, Chris, or moving on to pool D?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think so far we're seeing each each one seed in each pool clearly demonstrating why they're the one seed. And, And the Apple South performing exactly like the number three team in the state who has had tons of big wins this year and has been relatively unchallenged, so no surprises. I actually, I say no surprises. I will say that the 12 South over Hopkins is maybe a little bit larger than I expected, just having seen Hopkins out there and knowing what they're capable of. I don't know if they had graduation or not, but maybe that's just South peaking at the right time. Uh, and spoiler alert, I think they are, um, from what we'll see in the brackets. So no, I guess I do have some thoughts after I immediately said no, I don't.
1: <laughs> all right that's why we're doing it live right
0: absolutely all right absolutely we'll
1: see. we have washburn Moundsview, view apple valley in that order uh like the rest of the pools washburn shows that they're for they deserve their first seed um uh, spot in each pool closest game with washburn here is with Moundsview making it interesting washburn does win nine to seven but Manju showing us that they were ready to play early on on Saturday.
0: One thing with the pools or the format in this one is um, because of the size of the girls division and kind of we're ensuring that there's a competitive cutoff. This is a, a 12 team division with four pools of three. And then after those three pool play games, they're shortened round. So they're eight, nine, 13, 11 games to 13. And then there's a crossover round starting at 1230. So the one seeds from pool play all played each other for seeding in the bracket. And then the two and the three seeds played each other. And the winners of those games then went into the fill in the other half of the bracket within the losers of the crossover games playing out a consolation bracket on Sunday. So that brings us to a number of crossover games that in some ways meant quite a bit, because depending on where you want to be in the bracket and what you see your path forward to the finals looking like it's crucial. Um, but in other ways, just gave us some really interesting matchups. And one thing I noticed right away, Alicia, before you take us through it, is that by and large, games were closer um, and 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 kind of more lined up and competitive, which is really exciting to see. So, and we, we've got Egan right at the top. So, tell me a little bit about it.
1: True, Egan Saturday twelve thirty plays BSM. Egan pulled up the win on this game, eleven to four. Notable for Egan. Uh, because this was the game we were playing without our upperclassmen. Uh, all, <laughs> all seniors left shortly before that for their graduation ceremony at Egan High School. It is notable for us because this is the first time in all the years that we've been dealing with this, with the state and graduation conflict that mm-hmm. the underclassmen pulled out a win. <laughs> So they were pretty excited, as they should be, uh, about their win over BSM.
0: On uh, one hand, what a cool moment in victory. On the other hand, should we really have milestones where this is the first time we got to win without our underclassmen because they're at graduation? Yeah. We're, we're essentially on a full-on soapbox at this point uh, about it. But listeners, if you're out there and your team also had graduation, you know exactly what we are talking about and exactly that feeling. So. That is a big milestone for the underclassmen for the futures. Uh, for the futures, you gotta call it out. Gotta call it out.
1: Right. Just as as a very proud coach, they played super well. It was really fun to see, and uh, I yeah, it was a good game. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot. Coaches running around with water balloons and squirt guns was a lot of fun, but um, I'm sure everybody felt that way. Real hot on that saturday afternoon but i will say game.
0: well hold on your your co-coach oh. um pete uh did co coach he, he did preview the the water balloons uh, i went to drop your jersey off as of course you had earned the right to wear an apple valley jersey for round one and listen you know what i said i didn't have any commentary but i'm just going to dial it back real quick round one the missed south south metro final Alicia wearing the Apple Valley jersey, coaching to a 13-5 victory. Is there something to that? Is there something to the jersey? To the wearing the <laughs> Apple Valley jersey that does it? Who's to say? I don't know. All I'm saying is that when they played E9 in next round, they lost, and she probably wasn't wearing the jersey. So something to think about. I
1: was not wearing the jersey. I yeah. I do think there's some uh, there's a little like uh, carryover from the evening before. <laughs> um, on the wins with You're the strike going six and zero on the yep. regular season, and the strike coaches sleeping like three hours in between Madison and Blaine, and then driving the remainder of the time and showing up bright and early on the fields. So still, still riding that high from the strike um, undefeated regular season a little bit.
0: So as you I should can't give
1: it all to the can't give it all to the jersey.
0: The Jersey will take 49%.
1: (laughs) Mostly it was about the Egan girls, but
0: of course, absolutely. That's the case. And you know, we're fully off topic at this point. I'm just going to note it. Ulti world's not listening to this, but if they were, I would call them out directly for not having Minnesota strike at the top of the power rankings. How do you have gridlock up there? You beat gridlock. You're the only undefeated team in the league. I don't know what's happening. And this isn't a a PUL podcast, but Minnesota strike is going to go all the way this year. Your co-host, my co-host, Alicia, your favorite host, Alicia, is going to be leading the way. Absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah, just put, this- <laughs> I'm putting it out into the universe. Okay. okay,
1: uh, Yeah. Go strike. All right. Moving Ghostrike. back. Back into high school. Fun. Back into high school. All right. We have Edina and Washburn matchup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Another exciting universe. Washburn pulls out the universe win over Edina 10 yes. to 9. Uh, and again, maybe
0: a little th- sign of things to come.
1: Sign of things to come. Setting us all up for seeds. Yep. All right. Then we have Great River wins over Apple Valley, 8 to 5. Hopkins over Open World, also 8 to 5. Mounds View over Cathedral, 12 to 6. And our other 2-1 seeds, we have White Bear Lake loses to Squall, 12 to 7. So setting us up then, going into... Championship bracket on Sunday.
0: So that drops our bottom four seeds into consolation. That would be.
1: Benilde, um, Apple Valley.
0: Open world and cathedral.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just to wrap that in the Ninels bracket, Benilde does pull it out and Ninels. Uh, and then our quarterfinals, um, some really juicy matchups.
1: True. Starting at the top, we have Squall over Egan, 15 to seven. Having a front row seat to that game, there was a lot of good stuff to see. Talking about the winner a bit more, Squall just looks solid, top yep. to bottom. Yes, all, like there's. I was telling all of their coaches as we chatted at the end of the game, our Egan coaches and South coaches. Just you know, there's a lot of years or a lot of times where I watch a game or whatever, and it's really mm-hmm. easy to call out. You know, top. Couple players, or this person was just amazing, or you know, just you have you have a couple standout players on teams, but and Squall has some talent, had some standouts, but honestly, it's a little harder to see when all of them are just sitting in their bar a little bit higher than yeah. than you expect. Just a solid team. Their offensive flow was great. Their offensive flow against our zone was. Some of the are the best I've seen from any team all season. Um, really the, footage, the final
0: footage, the finals footage from their their conference final was like so 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 fun to watch. Hmm. Incredible flow. Did you get a chance to watch it?
1: I have not watched that. Oh,
0: <laughs> it'll be it'll be a it'll be a treat in the summer when okay. when we've got that two week gap where we're all decompressing from high school frisbee, and then we're ready for more.
1: Moving on, we have Edina and Hopkins. Edina takes the win over Hopkins, twelve to seven. Washburn over Great River, fifteen to four, and another exciting universe on the other side. We have Damn. White Bear Lake takes it eleven to ten over Moundsview, and this what is the fourth, third, at least third time White Bear and Moundsview have played each other this season. Nope, not three games. Looking at it, it's four games. These teams have played each other four times. This is their second universe or Moundsview's second universe loss to White Bear this year. One was at the Gatekeeper Memorial and then here at State. Um, their early early season, like look, looking at their score from the early season, it looks like Moundsview has really come a long way throughout the yep. year. And congrats to, your, to Moundsview for coming that far and putting the team together and congrats to white bear for pulling out the win. And I hope that that game was a lot of fun, even though you guys have seen each other so many times. And I know how sometimes <laughs> that can get to be a little bit much.
0: I mean, what more can you ask for a quarterfinal round fourth game of the season together an 11 to 10 tight game. I mean, it's, it's a real Roseville Irondale situation. When you get right down to it um, <laughs> from the open side. So, um, and that brings us to semifinals. Uh, so, in many ways, a lot of the teams that we expected to see South and Edina, Washburn and White Bear. And now we're entering rarefied air. You know, we've got South and Edina and Washburn, who have all been in semifinals before. White Bear has not. They're in their first semifinal round ever.
1: Both games finished with the same score 12 to 9. The Minneapolis South. Pulls out their win, giving them one of the seats at the finals table. And in an upset, Washburn beats Wiper Lake 12 to 9, and Washburn wow. comes into the finals on Wednesday.
0: Unbelievable. And so just some historical record here. This is the first time in four years that edina has not been in the finals. Um, Washburn was in the semifinals in 21, South was in the semifinals in 22. Um, But we have not had a Minneapolis high school team in the finals, generally speaking, since 2013 when Minneapolis Southwest won. And those of you that were back in the day, remember that was a, I I think a similarly tight rotation, like nine player team, lots and lots and lots of zone. Uh, I think it was a Chris Van Holmes coach team before that, you know, we have had Minneapolis teams in the semifinals, you know, uh, South in, in 2013. Southwest in 14, South and 15, South and 16, and then Washburn in 21, as I had noted. But we have to go all the way back to 2011 prior to Southwest to see a Minneapolis South in the finals when they did win 20, uh, in 2011, 10-6 over Cathedral. So we have the potential, not just for an all-Minneapolis final, which has never happened, but also either for a team to get just their second title uh, in well over a decade, or for Washburn. To bring home the very first title, D1 title, I should say, as there, as the Open team did get that D2 state title, bring home the first D1 state title for Minneapolis washburn That's going to be a great game.
1: Yeah, true. Looking forward to seeing how that goes on Wednesday. I mean, previews, what these two teams have met before this year, right?
0: Um, I believe that they have. Let's just double check.
1: Yeah, and Washburn and South have met each other a number of times this season as well. Mm -hmm. So early on in the season, Washburn takes the win over South handedly. Later in the season, Hopkins or at the Hopkins Hustle, South wins on Universe over Washburn. Yep, 11 10. And they meet each other one other time.
0: Uh, Um, I think it was at the the conference semifinals.
1: Conference. Oh, yes. Yeah. Conference conference semifinals.
0: And same Where South
1: takes the win over Washburn.
0: Right. 14 8, 13 8, something like that. So, in, you know, so South has the edge 2 1. There's been a blowout on both sides. There's been a close game in favor of South. And now we're going to get what I hope to be a very close game. And whether or not it's in favor of South or Washburn remains to be seen. But, This is a team. These are two teams that are really familiar with each other. Uh, That always makes for a really great final, uh, a really great game in general. So that is uh, eight o'clock at St. Paul Central High School Stadium. We think you should come out. We definitely think you should come out. Uh, It'll be under the lights. Hopefully by that point, even with our weather, it's going to be more tolerable to be outside. And uh, yeah, Uh, do we again? This is live. We didn't play in this. Do you want to make a pick or we want to see how it plays out?
1: Nope, nope, not making picks this time. Nope, uh, nope. The jersey, jersey hangs on. heavy. Jersey hangs heavy. I just, okay. I got follow. some follow-up after our last picks. Like, it, and it, it it, was good. It was fun, um, but I got some, well, that really gave us some, um we're really working hard it inspired us to work harder to win our conference finals and stuff like that and that's good. fun. but this you're is, welcome this is the ship this is, this the, is the all ship. this is about these teams and these players not about what alicia thinks
0: <laughs> that's true good
1: luck everyone have a lot of fun
0: but i would say as a counter argument this podcast is literally what alicia and chris think uh, about those teams so we we don't need to make picks <laughs> I just hope both teams have fun uh, and I'm excited to see it play out and I will be um, talking about it over a microphone uh, on speakers and Alicia, I think you'll be there as well. So we'll get to see fun to fun happen together and best of luck to Squall and Washburn. And at the end of the day, we're going to have a Minneapolis state champion and uh, that's something to be excited about. So looking forward to it.
1: So that's our look at girls division one. And as we look forward to our championship game with Squall and Washburn, we wish them luck. This podcast is brought to you by Minnesota Ultimate. Mission of Minnesota Ultimate is to support and build a community by offering inclusive, quality programming that focuses on learning, playing, and teaching. Thank you to our sponsor Minnesota Ultimate.
0: If you're a listener of this podcast, you're already fully aware of the spring scholastic season offered by Minnesota Ultimate. But did you know that in the fall, we also offer club leagues? In 2023, coming back for its second season, we are once again offering a U14 club league taking place from the end of August through late October. This is a non-scholastic-based league. Teams will be created by coaches. Players, of course, can indicate preference during registration. And they'll have practices, tournaments, and scrimmages. The direct link for the overview and for the registration is minnesotaultimate.org backslash fall slash u14 slash club slash league but of course you can also just go to minnesotaultimate.org find that link and click and get registered and while you're out there registering for u14 club don't forget to take a look at all of our summer day camps that are now open for registration as well over on the minnesota ultimate website For those of you listening that have got siblings that aren't quite ready for the high school season, I can't think of a better way to get them running up and ready to continue to grow this fantastic community that we have. Go check it out. All right. Well, that leaves just one division remaining, Open Division One. And I will say, as as a coach who got to participate in this, at least on Saturday, it was a really fun set of pool play games this year. Looking in Pool A, we had Apple Valley coming in as the last seed. And I did note it in the preview, uh, this was a team that was planning to peak at state. They had been hitting their marks and hitting their goals. And right out of the bat, the first round of pool play, they got the upset over Armstrong 12-9. You know, Armstrong was the number eight team in the state, is the number eight team in the state, coming in with the seeds there. A massive win for Apple Valley, um, all but guaranteeing that they're going to finish above seed, which, spoilers, they did end up doing. Um, and then we had Edina taking care of business in the other game, 15-1 over Open World. In the second round, Edina not slowed down by Apple Valley at all, 15-3, although notably, I guess, Apple Valley did put the most points up on Edina in the pool if we're measuring these things. Um, And on the other side, though, of this game, we had, um, and I haven't done the math on this or or checked, but it's been a while, I think, since we've gone to full hard cap in a game, much less a pool play game, but 17-15 open world over Armstrong i believe at one point armstrong was up a couple breaks so uh, a big comeback from open world and the armstrong guys playing their hearts out got a chance to catch about the last quarter of that game it was a really fun match to watch and then the last round in pool a uh edina locks up the pool 15-2 over armstrong and open world locks up the second seed in a quarterfinals berth 15-4 um you know this game may have been a little bit different i know apple valley like many 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 teams was affected by graduation and uh, all of their seniors had to head out to go march for commencement um, after that second game but um kudos to open world they played they played really well and uh, and definitely deserved a spot in that quarterfinal so um Alicia I'm really as I'm rolling here do you have any thoughts on um, what you're seeing in pool a so far have you seen a 17-15 game or a 17-16 game in a no, while in high school no that
1: is certainly you know, as we're just looking at these scores together for the first time and right. making comments on the fly, that was certainly something I was going to say. 17-15, I don't know that I've ever seen that from a high school score, like a right. club maybe. It was like we're, wow. we're,
0: we're back in the old WFDF days of 1998 World Finals of 21 or whatever they used to play to. I'm really getting up there. Okay, maybe not that much, but 17-15, that's exciting. Uh and on a day that was as hot as it was, um impressive all on its own right. Um so taking a look at um B pool here, St. Louis Park, the number two team in the state and the top seed in this pool, um, didn't seem to have too much trouble. You know, uh 15-2 over White Bear, 15-5 over Creighton, um, fifteen eight over Y Z. But in the other game here, uh, it got a little bit interesting. You know, Y presumably taking care of business as seeded 14 over Creighton. Creighton, you'll recall, was initially a team locked into Division II, um, had the chance to play into Division I after Parlake Lake ended up dropping. Um, and we start to see them uh, make a little bit of noise here. So, you know, 5 five fifteen with St. Louis Park. But here we go. White Bear Lake beats Wyzetta in a tight one, 12-11. And which brings us to the third round where – Just about anything other than St. Louis Park missing the quarters can happen. St. Louis Park wraps it with Wyzetta, 15 to eight, giving Wyzetta a one and two record on the day. And then Creighton, four seed in the pool, number 20 something in the state, but number one in our hearts here, takes the upset over White Bear, 15 to six, giving everybody a one and two record. And on point differential, Creighton Durham Hall rolling into quarters. Absolutely fantastic. Congrats to Raging Safari. Never going to get tired of saying that out loud um, and way to make it into quarterfinals. And to my understanding, um, this is a team that doesn't have that many seniors, if any at all. And so I would expect them to be dangerous again next year. And and what a way to finish out their 2023 season. And then moving into pool C, Alicia, um, any thoughts on that pool before I keep rolling? I know that I get excited and I just talk.
1: No, no you're doing doing great. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Pool C um, continued the tradition of fireworks. This was, uh, and, I, and I have to toot my own horn a little bit, this was the Pool of Death, uh, according to my preview, and that very much lived up to its name. Um, just in the first round, this was all the buzz, at least in the pool over on the fields I was at as the results came in. Andover, the 3 seed overall, did hold off Minneapolis Southwest, but 15 to 12 in a game that I have to assume Andover did not think was going to be that close, and certainly one that Southwest immediately put their stamp on the pool. But then in the other game, we had Hopkins, again, a team that this year may be performing a little bit below their programmatic expectations, a team that was on the bubble coming into state tournament, um, upset Moundsview 15-13 to 13, to open up their state tournament, and really throwing this entire pool akimbo on, on maybe where people had thought it was going to end up. Heading into the second round, Andover does take care of business with Hopkins 15-5, to presumably a little bit tired after that upset of Moundsview. And then we have Moundsview also winning over Minneapolis Southwest. So Moundsview 1-1, one and one, Hopkins 1-1 one and one, heading into the last round, which means that we've got some excitement. Minneapolis Southwest has a chance to mix it up and give us another pool B scenario with three 1-2 teams as Andover um, fends off Moundsview 15-11. And Minneapolis Southwest gets right up to it with Hopkins, but ultimately Hopkins takes it 11-9. And just like that, if you you weren't to look at the regular season, if you weren't to look at results and you were just to take a look at state tournament results, you'd think, well, just another year for Hopkins making it to bracket play on Sunday at state tournament. Uh, And that's what they did. And so kudos to that team for, in some ways, a a return to form for them. And I'm sure um, a, a very triumphant end to their season here as they make the bracket. Um, after a, a maybe more of an inauspicious start overall and and some results early on that maybe did not portend this. Uh, but what what a way to make an impression upsetting Moundsview themselves a fantastic uh, and a standby in, in in the Sunday bracket and and kudos to Southwest as well for fighting in every single game and making it close. Um you know, twelve points on Andover far more than anybody else was going to do there. Uh, I, I shouldn't say far more because Moundsview view did put eleven up, but to open it up on a fresh Andover team that typically has a fairly tight rotation at the top, hang up 12 on there is, is is no small feat. So Pool of Death lived up to its name, but we did have Andover and Hopkins progressing from here.
1: Moving into Pool D, Chris, what do you see in Pool D? You said everything. What am I possibly supposed to add to that? So <laughs> I'm just giving you, I'm giving you runway into the next round.
0: All right.
1: All right.
0: So Pool D, um, after the excitement of pools, B and C. A little bit less exciting here, but we did still have some upsets and some folks that were seeded initially dropping. Um, so, first round here, St. Paul Central leaving no doubt that they deserve the seed that they're coming in with 15 2 over Edina JV1. Um, and the other side of the round, Egan um, falling 9 15 to Minneapolis South. Um, this is a pretty consistent result. I want to say they had a similar result um, during the regular season, maybe 15 8, 15 10, something like that. So, um, not not too unexpected, but also not a blowout, which sometimes at state with the heat and the nerves and everything else can happen. So kudos to the Egan boys for for keeping it consistent. Um, they do fall as well, 814 to St. Paul Central in the second round. Egan or excuse me, Edina falling um, by almost the same score, 815 to Minneapolis South. So excuse me, Central 14-8 over Egan, South 15-8 over Edina jv one So that gives us two teams at 0-2. Um, and then two teams at 2-0, and o, as we expect from the seeding. The um, Central-South matchup, um, I won't say it didn't disappoint because the, the the gap was certainly a little bit larger, but a 12-7 win for South, knowing that it was hot out, seeing that it was a, a time-capped game, I'm guessing that the score maybe doesn't accurately reflect how close this might have been between two very capable teams, um, but South does take the one seed. And Central has got the two seed locked up coming out of his pool. But in the other round, Edina JV1 uh, did break seed, winning over Egan 13 to 8. I believe that was a closer game. There was still a victory for Edina JV1 uh, to where Egan was at a little bit earlier in the season. Um, but True. that brings, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's r- Listeners, that's insight directly from Alicia when we pause the from recording. Alicia. I'm going to call it out. Yes. Uh, that's an Alicia insight. Yeah.
1: Patently. Way to go, Egan, boys. Yeah. Showing some progress throughout the season.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so that brings us, you know, Edina JV1 takes the three seed um, and and hops over to the Ninals bracket, and Egan uh, heads down to the um, 13th place bracket from there. So that gives us our brackets for Sunday. Championship Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. In the open division, we have in quarters, Edina with Creighton Durham Hall started from the bottom. Now we're here, and that's a 15-4 win for Edina. The other leg of that quarterfinals is South hosting Hopkins or, or seeing Hopkins. Hopkins' Cinderella run here ends 15-7 um, to an ample South in a, in a fairly commanding performance for Squall. And again, they're headed back to the semifinals, You know something that I think has been a few years um, since they made it through. Um, and I'll check on that in just a moment. But in our other two quarterfinals, we have St. Louis Park over Open World. Um, open world did play great on Saturday. I didn't have a chance to see this game too much, but St. Louis park this year is just a buzzsaw and that's a tough matchup to have fresh in quarters. Another tough matchup to have is Andover. Um, they did take the quarterfinal 13 to 11 over central. This is easily the closest game of the round. Again, call out if there is film of this game, I would love to see it. Love to get an idea of it. I haven't had a chance to see um, central play all year uh, and and would love a chance to see them in action. Um, But with Andover and the 1311 win, that gives us a semifinals of Edina and South and St. Louis Park and Andover. So with the semifinal matchups, you know, Edina, no stranger to this part of the season or this place in the bracket, they have been a presence in there since, you know, you date back to 2011 was Edina's first appearance in the semifinals, 2013, their first appearance in the finals. Um, winning it for the first time in 14 and what I've noted before, but is one of my top 10 all-time open division games in Minnesota. Um, on the other side, you know, Minneapolis South has been in the finals and in the semifinals for quite a while. It's a legacy program. You know, 2009, the first year that I coached, I remember watching them in the finals with Hopkins. They returned to the semifinals in 2011. They were back in the finals in 2012. Um, back in the semis in 2015. And then again in 2018, and then um, all the way to the final or to the semifinals here in 2023. So a team that has been here before, certainly, but maybe not just with this iteration of players. Um, And then on the other side, you have, you know, St. Louis Park making the semifinals for just the second time overall. Of course, they made it last year um, with their run to the finals and the eventual tight 14-13 loss to Edina. And Andover, same thing. They first made semifinals and then finals in 2021. Um, and are back now after missing it in 2022 um, with a semifinals appearance here. So, all that being said, which it was, our semifinals matchups: Edina takes it 15 to five over Minneapolis South, um, again proving why they are the premier program in the state, and if not the region, if not the country, um, knowing how to perform when it comes to the semifinals and having been there before—it's it's an unbelievable advantage to to have experience in that game. Um, On the other side, St. Louis Park, despite only being in their second state Division One semifinals, acting like it might as well be their 10th, um, winning 15-10 over Andover. And admittedly, from a matchup standpoint, I don't know that there's a better pick for Andover and St. Louis Park. They've seen each other a few times. They just saw each other at the North Suburban Conference final that St. Louis Park won 15-9. So there's that familiarity there. And certainly both teams have got to have been feeling good heading into that game about their chances, knowing their opponent knowing their tendencies, knowing what they need to do to execute and win. Um, St. Louis Park wins this one, fifteen to 10. And that gives us what I think Alicia, at least I, I was talking about at the beginning of the season is where I saw the season going. Edina and St. Louis Park matching up again. They have played a few times this year. I believe that St. Louis Park won in league play over Edina. They didn't see each other at knockout. They saw each other at the Hopkins hustle where Hopkins or excuse me, Edina, took the crown back in their series in one 9 So we have the rubber match for the season, a rematch of the state finals where the point differential was one, and we've got it this time under the lights. So both teams are going to be fresh. Both teams are going to have a chance to rest, I'm sure, frantically study film, prepare, you know, a few secret tricks and traps and zones that maybe they haven't brought out yet for the season. Uh, and that game is going to be at six o'clock, the first leg of the doubleheader. Um, for um, for our state D1 finals here on Wednesday the 7th. So Edina and St. Louis Park, 6 o'clock, followed by Minneapolis South and Minneapolis Washburn at 8 o'clock. I would say probably the best doubleheader slate of games that we have had in quite some time. All four teams, absolute monsters on the field, have all proven their merit either in winning their conference, coming extremely close in their conference in the case of South, um, but you know, in the case of the South, you know they they lost the conference to Edina, but they got to the state finals over Edina. And so you have to imagine that that monkey's been cleared out, and now um, it's just for St. Louis Park and Edina. And we're not making picks; we're not doing that. It's going to be fun to fun, and I just have both hope both teams have fun. But I do think, or I have said, that this could be St. Louis Park's year in many ways, uh, and every year it could be a year. But this year, I think it could also be St. Louis Park's year. And I think we're in for a real treat of a doubleheader of games coming in on Wednesday. So that wraps it for our Division One review. Oh, you know what? I do have to note one thing. And Alicia, I was telling you this uh, about this prior to the pod. We're not, we're not going deep into all of the brackets, but I was made aware of one game deep in the bracket, Apple Valley and YZ And you might be guessing how was I made aware by my players? I was not there uh, as I was attending to familial duties, but my understanding is that at the halftime of the Apple Valley, Y Zeta game for 11th place, why was up eight to one, but I'm looking here at the score and the final score is 14 to 13. I don't know that we are tracking, you know, or halftime runs or anything to that effect, but that is a, what, a 13 five run. Um, and a lot of crazy things can happen in, in placement games at state in particular as, as seniors are, Getting their last game in, or um, you know, people are just opening lines up or whatever the case may be. But down eight, one to winning fourteen-thirteen is a heck of a way to end a season. And so congratulations to Apple Valley for doing that and for I mean, they think making history, but nobody's tracking halftime points scored. So who knows? But if we were to start the record now, we'll start it right there. Thirteen points scored and a half. I'm the one who manages the half the, the hall of fame. I will not be putting that in the hall of fame, but we can note it here in perpetuity. So and Alicia, I mean, we we were talking about this glove wise. We've seen this before, you know, the Fury Riot game from 2008, um, where Fury kind of started their their dynastic run through everybody and everything, um, coming back over Riot. But I haven't seen this happen in a while since maybe Apple Valley playing Egan back in like 2014 or something like that. But if there's a if there is a comeback story or a a bracket game that felt far more important than just a bracket game in consolation on Sunday out there. Please write in. Please tell us about it. We'd love to hear it. Um, and, and actually, that reminds me of something else, an addendum that I forgot to mention. And Alicia, you saw this too. Did you have a chance to read through the, the email I'm about to talk about?
1: Oh, uh, yes. I read the email. Thank okay. you for those that are listening. Yes. I do have one more 8-to-1 story for oh. those fans of Dragon Thrust out there. Do it. Dragon Thrust did have a similar situation to Amp, Philadelphia Amp. And yes. we're losing the game at the um, eight to one and came back and won that game uh for a, it's very similar story to this way. that Apple Valley story?
0: Was that a U.S. Open?
1: U.S. Open. I think I'm, I'm almost certain that this has happened two times in the Dragon Thrust history. I really wish we had Austin <laughs> Lean right here because Austin Lean would tell me the game, the date, the location and all the things. But for any Dragon Thrust history people out there. If Austin you know, Lee, you Minnesota know. Ultimate
0: Webmaster as well. Right.
1: If you know, you know, but I, I have heard this story before. I have lived that story before and it's pretty exciting.
0: It's a Minnesota Ultimate tradition at this point. Then is what I'm hearing. But I, I want to give a little bit more focus to that email. So I should have mentioned this earlier when I was discussing open world, but on the sideline of the open world game, you know, I was talking to some of the players in between points and after kind of doing that, wait, are you? Did you? Are you? Are you on the podcast? And I said, Yeah, that's that's me. And um, they said, Well, how come you didn't respond to my email? And I said, What email? Uh, and come to learn that um, we had received an incredibly detailed, multi-paragraph, incredibly articulately written email from Brody O, one of the players on Open World, specifically in reference to why Open World was going to win their conference matchup. Uh, so calling I Chris
1: out for his yeah, wrong choice. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Calling me out. And the reason, the reason that they brought it up is because they said that they had followed up and said, told you so um, on that email chain after they won. And I didn't get the told you so follow through or the, the told you so forward, but I absolutely love not just the preparation and, and thought process to put it to paper, but also the follow through. So absolutely props to open world. Not just for having the passion to think through it, talk about how they're going to do it. And and guys, I I don't want to give away the secrets, but they talked about strength of schedule. Um, They looked at individual matchups with Minneapolis South and and why that result was not necessarily indicative of where they were going to end up. They talked about their strategy approaching each game, um, individual player matchups, and and even just some good old-fashioned clipboard. We're going to win because we want it.
1: I was going to say, that was my favorite part of the email was just the because we want it more than they do quote. Yep. Heart is heart. And heart it is matters.
0: heart. And, and it has to be noted this was even written before the semifinals were done. Because the, the last point on that division three or on that on that bullet three was knock on wood that we win against Cretan. Um so not only was it a call out of me, which fair, but it was also a call out ahead of even uh, making it into the finals game. So Incredible follow through from the open world manatees. Thank you so much for listening so much for sending that over. And for everybody else out there, when I say send a fax, send a voicemail, send an email, this is what I'm talking about. Give us the rundown of why we are wrong. And in in the process, give us a bunch of Intel and excitement to, to learn about, and to read about. There's never going to be a scenario when I'm not going to want to read more or hear more about Minnesota high school Frisbee. So, you know, go ahead and try and test those limits. And Alicia and I will, will We'll let you know when we hit them, but I don't think it's going to happen. So thank you to Brody for sending that in. Thank you to Brody for coming up to me and saying, are you Chris? Why didn't you respond to my email? And thank you for writing in the first place. I can't wait next year when, um, regardless of how it goes out, I'm just going to say open world won't win. So hopefully I can get another email just like this, just to see it happen. So, okay. Now we're wrapped. Now we've done it. Um, And I guess that just brings us to closing it out here. We will be live at the Division I State Championship doubleheader. the First game, again, St. Louis Park and Edina at 6 o'clock. The second game, Minneapolis South and Minneapolis Washburn at 8 o'clock. We will have PA. There will be a merch tent. There will be food trucks. Um, I believe admission is free. It is at Central High School. Show up, have a blast, and let's close out this season together, and we will also be announcing the All-State teams in between both games uh, in, in the gap between both games and the doubleheader. So particularly if you are an All-State candidate, come on out and bring your team with you as you so justly deserve them to be cheering you on and to be recognized for all the work and, and the time that you've put into this wonderful sport of ours. So um, Alicia, anything I'm forgetting about that? Uh, anything that we talked about pre-show that I am missing here?
1: Chris is doing PA for the state finals games, but That's true. I am probably going to do a little more um, one-on-one stuff with players, coaches yep. and fans of the game of Minneapolis ultimate and of the Yelp podcast. Yep. So you see me out there and you have something that we need to hear. Come say Hi. I'm going to do some recordings of some live action things cuz we can't be can't live podcast yet. Minnesota Ultimate doesn't quite provide us the funds for that kind of technology just yet.
0: We don't even have the know-how, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> but come say hi and I'm excited to watch some great frisbee.
0: And listen, um, at the end of this all, if you if you were a winning team, uh, or even just a team that participated in the finals, we'd love to have you on to the pod. Talk about your season. Talk about how you arrived at the finals. Talk about how the finals ended up. Um, so this is this is the Clarion call now. Before we try and hunt you down on the sideline, um, before or after the game, um, take a look out for Alicia. She won't be wearing the Apple Valley jersey, which you know, fair. But uh, can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to see you all. And I think. That will do it for us. So until next time, we will see you at the St. Paul Central High School Stadium fields.
1: (laughs) We'll see you at the field.
0: (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Uh, We're from uh, Robinson Mm -hmm. Cooper High School, and uh, this is the Nessies, and we're listening to Minnesota Yep. Yeah. Yeah! Yeah!